Hi, and welcome to A Sober Girls Podcast. My name is Sherry, and I am your host. Every Wednesday, we get together and we talk about our journey in sobriety, what we used to be like, what happened, and what we are like now. I've been sober for over 10 years now, and I realized that one of the biggest mistakes I ever made was just putting the plug in the jug and not drinking. I never took care of my emotional sobriety, did my step work, or was fully involved in the program until it was almost too late. This is my story, my experience, strength, and hope and what life is like for me on a daily basis as a recovering alcoholic and addict. I am so glad that you are with me and now let's get into it. Hey what's up fam? I hope that you had an awesome week and weekend. It is the weekend of Thanksgiving so there's going to be a little bit of lapse in time. Last week you listened to my episode on why we need to slow down and I told you about an incident at work that actually ultimately ended up with me losing my job and there was a little bit more to that that actually happened and the reason I had to stop that episode was because they were talking about um, bringing up criminal charges against me. And that was absolutely terrifying to me, and I did not want to self-incriminate, and I did all the right things. I got an attorney, and it was just a ton of drama. Um, We came to the conclusion that if I just pay back the shipping amount, that we can go ahead and drop the charges, or there won't be any charges, actually. So for me, that was a good conclusion. I was not looking forward to having a criminal record um, or putting myself or my family in that situation. So it was definitely a scary situation. Um, And again, it shows why it's so important to remain brutally honest in this program, why you have to be able to ask for help, why you have to realize that there are just some things bigger than you. And that actually works out perfect because in this episode, we are going to talk about being selfish. And I know that sounds really weird because you're like, yeah, you just really were selfish. And I was, I I was absolutely selfish. I didn't ask for help. I didn't realize how bad I was. I didn't realize all these things that were going on. And so for me to have that self-realization For me to be able to go, oh crap, this is not going to end well, shows a lot of, at least in my mind, self-awareness. And my sponsor totally agreed. My sponsor has been with me, right with me through this whole thing, holding my hand, walking with me. So there are two sides to being selfish, okay? There is the selfishness that we experience as alcoholics when we are in the throes of our addiction we experience some of that selfishness still when we are uh, sober especially not if we're not doing our program correctly but if we just seem to be overwhelmed we kind of go into this weird self-preservation mode which also can be good or bad but selfishness actually looks like um there's so many different things that (laughs) selfishness looks like. Um, It looks like stealing money from a company. Um, 
and using their shipping. It looks like someone finds alcohol and it's been emptied and they assume you've used it, drank it, whatever. And when they realize that you haven't, they didn't throw you a parade or give you accolades for not drinking, right? It's also not doing things to help others in the program. It's having wealth and knowledge and being able to help others and not doing that. Hanging on to it for yourself is absolutely selfish. But there are parts of this program where you have to be selfish, where you have to be able to recognize when taking care of yourself is important. And this absolutely is a program of we, not a program of me. But there are things that we have to do for ourselves in order to make sure that we can stay a functional part of the program of we. So when I started out saying that there's good and bad to self-preservation, right? Self-preservation in the bad looks like clamming up, not reaching out, um, going through almost a PTSD moment, which I don't know how many of you have trauma. I have trauma, but when something is overly familiar, I definitely will freeze and I go into self-preservation mode where I will shut down, I will quit talking, I will um, remove myself from that situation, but all that kind of self-preservation does is create more harm. And I know that it doesn't seem like it because you're like, well, why? I'm just removing myself from the situation. Because when you remove yourself from the situation, you're not helping anybody. You're not helping yourself. You're not able to process what's going on. And in times of crisis, panic, trauma, fight, flight, or freeze are very big things. And freezing or flight, that can end up doing more harm than good. So when it comes to self-preservation, why do we need to be selfish at times? And I know that we've discussed so many times, you've heard me talk about time and time and time again about how we need to give it away, how we need to be there for others, how we need to be selfless, how we need to, and that is all so true, right? That is all part of this program. It's laid out in the traditions, it's laid out in the steps, that once we have this information and this knowledge that we give it away. But we're not going to be able to give it away properly if we don't have these things in line for us. So let's go ahead and look over them. Self-preservation. Okay, so what does that look like? I don't know how many of you have been on an airplane, but at the very beginning of the flight, the flight attendant um, comes out and she is giving you instructions basically on what to do in case of a plane crash um, or if you lose oxygen, uh, certain things. And I know I've gotten complacent at not paying attention to them, but the one thing that they always say is if the cabin loses oxygen and the mask drops down, make sure that you put the mask on yourself before helping someone else. And why is that? Okay, well, if you are just a basic common sense human being, you understand that without air, you're not gonna be able to breathe. 
So if you're not able to breathe and function, you're in a panic mode. And if somebody next to you is trying to get your help and you're panicking, you're not going to be able to help that person. You need that oxygen so that you can survive, so that you can help others. So you put that mask on first, and that way you're able to help the person next to you on either side, and then they're help able to help the person next to them. That is a huge example of being able to take care of yourself first and then helping others because it is a ripple effect. If you help yourself, you can help others. And that's exactly what step 12 and tradition five talk about. You know, if once we have all this information, once we have this ability to help other people, it no longer is an obligation. It's more of a, hey, this is what someone did for me, now I can do it for you. Or I learned doing it this way, I'm going to show you how to do it. Um, so we have to be able to recognize that we need to help ourselves first. Another example is you can't pour from an empty cup, right? How many times have you just been absolutely, absolutely drained from work, from family life, from taking on too many things, and that's exactly what got me into the position I was telling you about last week. I was drained. I wasn't feeling well. I wasn't doing well. Financially, I was falling apart, and so I was trying to take all this on myself, and eventually people asking me to do things or needing me to do things I couldn't do for them. Or I wouldn't say no and I would do them and then the people would get a half-assed attempt or a lazy attempt, a basic look at what I was capable of. And that's not fair to them or myself because when you are at your best, you're able to give people your best. And when you have a cup that is half full, you're, if you pour that into someone else's cup, that leaves you with absolutely nothing. And been there, done that. And if you have to take that time in order to fill your cup back up and then give to someone else and then go back and fill your cup up again, it's just a cyclical event that never ever gets better. So we have to be able to keep our cup full at all times. Okay. So what are things that I do to help with my airplane mask and pouring from an empty cup? Well, I will tell you that as of a couple weeks ago, we found out that I'm no longer in remission from cancer. And while it's not deadly, while it's not lethal, while it's not anything that I am worried about right now, I do have to say that the shock was more than enough. And it explained for me why since this past spring I have felt like absolute dog trash. Um, tired all the time, exhausted all the time, and... Um, 
me just thinking it's because I'm so busy because I'm so good at all these things that I'm doing. Well, that's not the case. I was exhausted and ran down because my body has been trying to fight off um, the reoccurrence of cancer. So I learned a couple of months ago, actually, one when I lost my job, when I told you guys it's important to slow down. I wasn't kidding. Um, it's important to slow down and it's important to ask for help. It's important to talk to your sponsor and be honest about things because since September, I have really kind of just learned how important it is to slow down, be in charge of myself, in charge of my finances, fill up my cup, put on my mask first. Um, I ask my spouse for help now. I'm honest with him. I'm open with him. Um, even when I'm extremely unhappy um, or I have a concern, I'm able to address it. And that is actually getting better, which is really, really helpful. Um, I found that I was in self-preservation mode negatively for so long. I was in flight, fright, or freeze. And um, it wasn't that I was the thing that was wrong with my marriage, but I certainly wasn't helping it. Um, but I was able to open up to him and tell him, hey, when you do this, this is what it does to me. When you do this, this is what it does to me. Um, it, you know, so I was able to explain those things to him and it's really made us both self-aware. So going into my doctor's appointment a couple of weeks ago, I was able to realize that my body is going to be fighting this thing for a while and I need help. I need to be able to ask for help. And that's been something that's been really really important to me and it's really made me realize why self-preservation and the selfish aspect for the better is so good there are times that I do have to say no because I want to be able to put myself fully into something for someone else and so if I know that that's something that I want to do then I need to um, rest I need to sleep I need to take care of myself I need to be able to know that my body can handle what is coming up because there are certain things in this life that I am not willing to give up. Um, one of those is AA, my marriage, my family, um, and my nonprofit. Um, finding out that you have cancer six months into starting a nonprofit is not fun, um, but I refuse to let it change me. And at first, I wasn't going to tell the guys because I was like, well, I'm not going to tell them because I don't want them to think I'm going to disappear, but it turns out this is a slow-moving cancer, so unfortunately there are no treatment options for me right now. We just have to let it grow <laughs> or disappear, um, which that's a whole thing that we're not going to get into because I'm keeping that for myself right now. Um, but I did not want to put them in a position where they had to worry about me. So now that I know I have time and I don't need treatment, I'm able to manage my time and my days a little bit better. So I am taking care of myself by resting, staying in touch with my sponsor, going to meetings. I missed two meetings this past month, and oh my God, it almost killed me, you guys. I need that program so bad. <laughs> it's not even funny. Um, those meetings are also a really good reminder that we aren't alone. I found out that um, there are two other members of my meeting that both have cancer that has been monitored. 
um, and not treated. It just blows my mind. Like for me, it's like, oh my God, if you find cancer, take it out, right? But unfortunately, that's not actually how it works. So um, there are some times where they just say, hey, we can't treat this right now, so we're going to monitor it. And it's like, oh, that's gross. Um, so finding out that there's a couple of other people like me um, going through the same scenario certainly has helped. Um, slowly letting people in my life know has helped because I don't, again, I don't want to be helpless, but I do want to be able to say this is what's going on. I need help. Being able to take that huge step in realizing that I need assistance has been more humbling than anything. Um, it was certainly humbling when I lost my job and needed assistance or, you know, I had to call my mom or, you know, all, there's certain things to losing your job and being put in check that are really humbling, but this one really, really sat me down and was like, okay, you know, it's God saying, now do you see why I did it, why, what I did? Because you're going to need to do this a lot more. All I was doing you was preparing you for what you have coming up. We've got a bigger battle ahead of us, so now I know that you can handle this and ask for help. Sorry I put you through that, but it's time to move forward now. So, <clears throat> Self-preservation is important. Going to meetings is important. Being of maximum service. Now, this is where we go back, okay? So let's let's go back. Being a maximum service and not being selfish, right? Or giving away what we don't have. Or, you know, I know that here we are again. We're talking about the fact that, okay, now that we finally realize we need help and we need to ask for help, now... You're saying that self-preservation and being selfish makes us a better version of ourselves to be of maximum service. Well, yeah, it does. Because if you're grumpy and your spouse says to you or your friend says to you or your child says to you, you need a meeting, guess what? They're not wrong. <laughs> so going to meetings and self-preservation and talking to our sponsor, being active in the program does make us a better version of ourselves. Those meetings, those contacts, those people, those we in the room makes us a better version of ourselves so that we can be of maximum service to other people. We can be in a position to help others. If I go home and I rest and I take a break, and I slow way down. I know that our Christmas party is on the 10th of December. Um, you know, if I go to do that, and I know that means probably two or three days before that, I am really going to have to rest. I'm really going to have to be careful because I want to make sure that I am the best version of myself that I can be so that I can be there for those people during that time, that I can be of maximum service and help dish out food and set the tables and put up the decor. Being the best version of ourselves is what this program gives us, but you have to be a little bit selfish to do that. You have to be able to say, I'm having a bad day, I need to go to a meeting. I'm having a bad day, I have to call my sponsor. To know that there are options for us to become the better versions of ourselves is what's important. Because if we don't have the proper tools in order to make those things 
stick, we are always going to be in that selfish fight, flight, or freeze mode. And that comes with emotional maturity, which we also get in this program, staying sober. Um, and it comes with doing the steps. If you haven't done the steps, if you don't have a sponsor, if you don't have the tools, you're not going to know what to do when you reach into that toolbox. You're going to fix a light switch and you grab an impact. What are you doing? All you're going to do is put that impact up there and you're going to wreck not only probably the faceplate, but you're probably going to crack it, break it. You could get <clears throat> Sorry, you could ruin the box behind it, the wires. The impact is not the right tool for fixing the light. And the only way that you're going to know which tools to use is by asking the right questions, by going to the right classes, by going for the correct certification, or if you're like my 16-year-old watching the right YouTube video. I don't know. I, my God, YouTube is teaching my son. Trust me, I try and do my own best job, but... He knows things from YouTube that I guarantee you I never would have known without him. So becoming the best version of ourselves requires selfishness, but it also requires giving away what we have, okay? So we can't give away what we don't have. If we don't have the right tools, if we don't have the right answers, if we don't have a solid foundation, we are not going to be able to help anybody else. It goes way back to that putting that air mask on on the airplane. It talks about how we need to be able to have a full cup, have our oxygen on, because once we do those things, once we go to those meetings, do the steps, um, talk to our sponsor, once we have all those tools, we can finally, finally say, I can help you. I know what you need in this moment. Or if you don't know what you need in that moment because it's a situation you've never been a part of, then you need to at least say, I can't help you with this specific situation, but I do know someone who can. And being able to say, no, I'm not the one to help you, it's okay. There's a gal who asked me to um, help her through the steps. And um, I told her I'd reach out to her, and I never did. Um, I, it was a couple of weeks ago, but I had so much going on. I was so exhausted. I was so tired. Um, I was just in a not great place in my life where my cup was not full, and I could not help her. And she said to me the other day, oh, hey, I never heard from you. I never, you know, got in touch with you. And I said, no, I know. I'm sorry. I said, listen, I have a lot going on right now. And she said, oh, what's up? And this is just one person that I didn't want to tell anything to. And I said, oh, nothing. I just have a couple, you know, life and medical things going on. And I just I don't want to talk about it. And she's someone who has to know everything. And she's like, oh, okay. And she kind of hung around to see what I would say to other people, which made it a little bit difficult for me to talk to other people. It's not that I don't want her to know. It's just that I don't have the capacity to handle her personality at this time. 
And so for me, I had to be able to say, you know what, this just isn't a good fit. This isn't something that I can do right now. And that, you guys, is self-preservation. It's not selfish. Just because she and I don't connect on the same level or I don't feel it's a good fit for me um, isn't a bad thing. It's that self-awareness, that self-actualization. You know, it's the ability to look at my cup and go, I have this, but I don't think it's something that I can give to you. I need to find someone else to give you something from theirs because for me, this isn't a good fit. And I think that's something that we as people pleasers and alcoholics need to understand that it's okay to say no. Did you know that? I didn't know that. For a long time, I didn't know that. I didn't know that saying no wasn't a bad thing. You know, it's going to make a lot of people mad, but fuck them, right? Like, this is what I have to do to stay sane. This is what I have to do to make sure that I'm okay. And if I feel like you are going to upset my chi or my spirituality or my time or... I just don't feel this is a good fit. It's okay for me to say no. You do not have to say yes to everybody. You do not have to say yes to the point where you finally break down and freak out on everyone. Okay? Or where you hide things so much because you don't want to disappoint someone. And you absolutely just lose your mind. It's, it's okay to say no. Put those walls up. Put those boundaries up. Make sure you take care of yourself. Taking care of yourself is not selfish. Okay? If you want to sit down on the TV, or <laughs> don't sit down on the TV, that would be weird because mine hangs from the wall, so that would not be good. Um, if you want to sit down in front of the TV and watch Bachelor in Paradise and your spouse or kids or best friend doesn't want to, then fine, go away. But this is what I'm doing for myself right now because it's a stupid show and it makes me feel better. There's nothing wrong with taking time for yourself. Now, we're going to go back to the selfish, selfish part. If you are being selfish to the point where you know you're hurting other people and you're using your self-preservation as a chance to manipulate people or as an opportunity to exploit other people, then you are selfish and not the good way. I know it sounds stupid, but Peter Parker's grandfather said to him, with great power comes great responsibility. Being able to say no and being able to put your mask on first means that even though you do those two things, it doesn't mean that you put your mask on on the airplane and you fucking sit there and watch everybody else struggle. That's, no, you don't, that's not what you do. You put your mask on so that you can help other people, okay? You don't just sit there and go, oh, well, I got mine on, why can't you get yours on? That's not how that works. And you don't say no to something just because you want to be lazy, okay? If there is an honest-to-God reason why you can't do it 
Or even if you don't want to do it because it's not your jam, then say that. You know what? I would really like to, but this just isn't for me, so I am going to pass this time. And that way you can go ahead and watch your favorite football game, football team, play football. You can hang out with your best friend at the mall. You can sleep in on that day and not feel guilt because you are being honest about what you're saying no to. It really is not that difficult. And I know easier said than done because here I am with cancer and escaping a criminal charge now. Um, but that should be enough to show you that being selfish for all the wrong reasons eventually catch up with you. And I'm not saying that I got cancer or I'm out of remission because it got up with me. I don't feel punished. I don't feel like God is doing anything bad to me. I just know that this is part of um, what my body has to go through. And I knew the possibility of reoccurrence was very high within the first three to five years. And I'm at year four. So, um, you know, I don't feel like I'm being punished. But the other part, definitely, you know, when you're selfish, it catches up with you. And if you're selfish for the right reasons because you want to be a maximum service, because you want to be able to help others, then that is the most important thing. So I want you guys to take away two things from this. <laughs> it's okay to be selfish, but don't be selfish, okay? It's okay to put your mask on first, but then put the mask on of the person next to you, okay? Because they're still struggling, Make sure that you go to meetings. Make sure that you reach out to your sponsor. All the piddly shit that you don't think matters, it matters. So make sure that you reach out. Make sure that you tell your um, sponsor exactly what's going on. Um, because sometimes those little things add up. And that's there's nothing, there's nothing that can stop that snowball once it keeps going unless you talk to someone. I know that there's so many things in the past two years in my life that if I would have just said, I need help, I could have gotten it. And, you know, I absolutely have not only learned a lesson, um, many lessons, but now I know what to look for. I know I can help others. I know how I can be of maximum service. And I know how I can help anyone else who comes along. So <clears throat> don't forget to... Take time for yourself, you guys. But that also means that get up and going to meetings when you don't want to. Um, that means reaching out to your sponsor, doing all those self-preservation things that make you the best version of yourself. I really love you guys, and I'm so grateful for every single one of you. And I don't know if I'll ever have any more drama like I did over the past couple of months. Um, I would like to have some better drama for you, um, not bad drama. So I am so glad that you're here. I hope that you learned a lesson through me, at least. Um, I hope that you can go, good God, yeah, see, now I'm really glad that I listened to that episode, and I'm really glad that I asked for help because I don't want to be like that. I, and I don't blame you. I don't blame you whatsoever. So I hope that you guys have a great rest of your week. I hope that you are all out there decorating the shit out of your house. Because by the time this airs, it will be the first official week in December. 
And I swear to God, if you have not been decorating your house since November 26th at 12 a.m., then you need to reevaluate the fun in your life. Until next time, fam, be well. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of A Sober Girls Podcast. I hope that you heard something that resonated with you and that you can take with you for the next week until we meet again. You can find me on Instagram at A Sober Girls Pod. You can also follow me and friends at Sober City Movement on Instagram as well. If you live in the Richmond area, follow me at Sober in Richmond where we we plan local sober meetups. Or if you're just traveling and looking for a friend in the area, there's one of us in almost every city across the continent. Struggling and need help? Just remember that you are not alone. You can reach out to me and any of my friends on Instagram. Send us a message. Or if you are in immediate need of help, please search out your sponsor, the closest sober friend, or go online to aa.org to find a meeting that you can attend. There are also Zoom meetings, which you can find on aa.org as well. Have a safe week, and until next time, fam, be well.